It indeed is a lovely day as we have temperatures near 80. Q105. Um, it's arguably, for me, a nearly ideal fall day. It is baffling, especially when you're sitting inside. And I just turned our studio thermostat down a little bit from 71 to 68. It's weird to see legitimate ball colors. But it's warm outside. It's a bit disorienting. Um, I don't know if I'm out more than you, and I, I'm, I'm out a bunch of times a day to take the dogs out. But it is disorienting when you see the fall colors, but you feel the summer temperatures. And like I said, today is like nearly an ideal um, fall day for me. Well, what's not ideal about it? It's not the colors, trust me. It's it's the sunrise and sunset times. It is still dark for quite a while. And I'm not bragging here, even though today I slept in a bit. It is still quite dark uh, for quite a while when I wake up every morning. That will change. Is daylight savings next week? It's either next week or the week after where we're going to fall back. And it's obviously getting darker uh, earlier at night. And it will get darker even earlier once we set the clocks back. And this is another one of those things that I warn you, you love fall and you can't wait for winter. Some people, you want to bundle up and feel the snow. And as I always say, like all that stuff is really nice because you want it around the holidays. And then as soon as the holidays are over, it's a freaking nightmare. And that's my issue with fall. What comes after it? Uh, what comes after it is all of that, including you beginning your wintertime complaints of how early it gets dark but that's part of fall because remember second week of december when it's dark at five or earlier and you're beside yourself i thought you i thought you loved fall um a couple of things to get to before we uh welcome back joe cappuccini who is gonna put on the thanksgiving play and it sounds like the blast it is when he shared the Wikipedia about it for me. Um, he was here to talk about Significant Other again. Um, I like these satirical comedies. Once again, BC, uh, BCAN's very talented Tim McMahon is part of the cast. I think you're going to enjoy hearing about it. And it's uh, a bit of um, theater and performing arts times here, at least on uh, Contact, the community show that uh, this podcast often doubles as Sunday mornings across our Cumulus media stations. First, a couple of things, a couple of things to check off. I'm glad to see that ODOT is not going to need to take people's houses if the 475 expansion goes through. They might take some lawns, some pieces of land, but not. No, nobody will lose a house. Um, it looks like yesterday afternoon, the, two thir- the earlier... Um, gathering at one of the churches i believe in west toledo there's a 2:30 version and 5:30 version uh it was packed like maybe 100 people and all older people i guess one because they're not working and they have lived there the longest so they have the most community and neighborhood pride and generally speaking generally speaking younger people um don't care much about their com- their community. That's why we have people slashing tires and things like that. That's why we have to find Things to tie younger people, t- kids, teenagers, 20-somethings to their community to get them more involved. So they show up at these things and their voices can be heard and more mass. So when these things that some people don't like happening, they will see larger numbers and go, okay, we, we will rethink this. And I, I think 
the group opposing the expansion wanted some kind of vote. Uh, I don't think this works like that. They're, they'll take your input, and now they're not going to take the houses, and none of this would happen for some years down the road. ODOT's reasoning was um, that part of 475 is 60 years old, and people are driving on roads that, that is 60 years old, so maybe... Again, as I ask um, officials, elected officials, leaders, as I did yesterday, we need you to see around corners. You need to see blind spots. Um, and I, you have to have the, the fortitude and the thick skin to sit there and take all the arrows and axes and whatever else anybody wants to throw at you and say, you're wrong. This is not right. Well, to be frank, some of the people who oppose this... Um, will not be around for when this road expansion is potentially most needed. 20 years, 30 years. As I said yesterday, and, and I don't know if the ODOT officials said this in so many words, I believe that the opponents uh, believe this, and maybe rightly so. Um, they want to um, be more appealing to truck and commercial traffic to this area to make it part of their routes that could bring more commerce to the area, which should help the area. Um, if ODOT can put those kind of numbers out there, like I asked about with uh, with Alex with the roundabout last week, like met the, let the data make the decision to give people a better idea of what the future could be and why this is foresight. Um, you have to give me as much information as possible and you have to have answers to people's questions uh, genuinely and authentically. Because again, like I said yesterday, in 30 years, what if we're saying we should have widened this when we had the funds available? Sure, people thought we were doing it for uh, means of greed uh, for certain places in, in the area to uh, gain gain more revenue and profit and that's an ugly those are ugly things these days um, but it's better than potentially keeping money out of the area and having huge headaches on the roads now look there's all kinds of arguments you can throw out there the area is dwindling anyway so what do we need to widen any road for uh, maybe there will be more money available in 2035 and we'll we'll approach it then. So that's why we have these discussions. But like I always say, uh, let the data make the decision. I am very happy that ODOT will not need to buy anybody out of their homes, especially in the housing climate that we are currently in, where I know the stock market reasonably well. I don't know anything about these damn yields, but some people are concerned and mortgage rates are like uh, interest rates are likely to still go up because the the economy is as perplexing as 80 degree fall weather where uh, inflation is still pretty aggressive. It's down from the last couple of years, but it concerns the Fed. Prices are up. You see that. Um, Hard time for people to buy homes and and get other things. So these uh, these paradoxical times we still live in. One thing's not a paradox. Nice to see the the Night Owl Diner. Uh, What is that on? Sylvania is still thriving. Read about them in the blade that some nights they have lines out the door uh about a year or so ago i said we'll find out whether we should have places open after midnight for second shifters third shifters uh the market will decide if you close in six months because there's no business you'll know that 
you weren't needed. And unfortunately, you lost money on this business and the business went out, as many do. Or we'll go, maybe we could uh, expand to another location or other places should open up. You know, the, the answers are usually out there. Um, if you gather enough information and can make good decisions and good predictions. Um, last year, 60,000 pounds of pumpkins and gourds were recycled or composted. And it's the pumpkin pitch again, beginning the first day of, uh, oh, that's, that's the first day. The pumpkin pitch is, uh, begins the day after Halloween, November 1st through December 3rd. So all your pumpkins and gourds. Take them to the old Anderson's building, Sylvania Township Hall, or Ottawa Park. Yesterday, Keep Toledo, Lucas County Beautiful also announced, um, I believe this is our very first composting program. And there's new sites at Swan Creek, Glass City Metro Park, and the Botanical Garden. Dump your food waste or other compostable materials into one of the green bins. And Go Zero and Keep Toledo, Lucas County Beautiful will take care of the rest. There is an enormous amount of things to do this weekend. Some people might be doing a double feature at Stranahan because Friday night is Price is Right. Then RuPaul's out. Halloween Drag Race is happening on Saturday. The Lego Brick Convention is downtown this weekend. Uh, zombies need or can make love too, I suppose. The Metro Park's zombie prom is happening at the Wildwood House, the Manor House this weekend. So uh, as usual, um, arguably too much going on. One more thing before we get to uh, Joe Capucini. Uh, we did hit the Apple price increase yesterday. If you trusted me on House of Usher, go for go for for all mankind arguably the very best show on apple now that ted lasso is gone ted lasso i didn't watch Not a jason sudeikis fan you know i don't really like comedies or laughing but for all mankind um is a damn good show i'm a big fan of joel kinnaman uh, i did not get to this yesterday Kristen cavallari um said something that caught my attention she was uh, dating somebody that I follow and actually interact with every now and then on Twitter because we followed each other, I think, when he was here visiting to do a show at the Funny Bone years and years ago. Jeff Dye is a comedian. I also think I stuck with the follow because he's a sports fan, baseball fan. Uh, I think he's from out in the West Coast, like Northwest, uh, part of the U.S., Seattle somewhere, Washington. So I guess she, he, he and Kristen Cavalier were, da were dating. Um, she was uh, waiting for him and he showed up drunk. At 9 a.m. And uh, he was arrested during that. So she had herself uh, a weekend. They, her and her, her friend, I believe, went, and I think she talked about this on a podcast, went somewhere else and uh, had a good time and hooked up with a rugby, uh, with a rugby player. Um, her quote, by the way, before you start, before you guys want to uh, blanking judge me, I'm almost 37 years old. This is the second one I've had in my entire life. I don't care how many you've had, and I don't know if I've ever discussed this on the podcast before, but I've always been pretty staunch in this belief, and you can probably discern that from what you hear me talking about dating and relationships uh, and a lot of my general views on a lot of things in life, whether it's good or bad, that you can hop to different things, you can find new interests. But with this, um, as long as you're first and foremost safe um and if that's one this is like 1.1 not even 1a like 1.1 or 1.01 um as long as you're safe and not misleading or dishonest and if you want to take it even a little further to make clear uh 
boundary lines, you you explain exactly what it is. Like, hey, before we do this, this is it. Like, I might I'm not intending to talk to you ever again. I know that's extremely hard for people to be upfront and blunt. Um, and in this case, it might uh, it might negate the experience at all. But it is often better than allowing people to feel as if they were led on or for them to think certain things and you be thinking other things. It just creates, obviously, as you may or may not know, a very messy situation. Communication, it's so darn hard. So I say to her, be safe. And as long as you're not misleading or dishonest and you're sure that they understand that, have at it. Have as many as you want. Now, the more you have your... You're making the numbers a little less in your favor when it comes to safety. But other than that, if you throw that out the window, if that wasn't a component in this, don't mislead people. Don't be dishonest. And that includes don't be cheating on somebody. Have fun. It's going to be a good time uh, at the Thanksgiving play. Now, Joe Capucini. Good to see you. Last time we chatted virtually, so thanks for taking some time to hop by the studio. Happy to meet you in person, Eric. Thank you for taking the time. What was what was that you had visited for before? What was that performance? A significant other at the yeah. rep that was done last February. Feels like yesterday. It went by very quickly. <laughs> What's it? We have the Thanksgiving play uh, coming up next. Tell me all about this. I know it's a satirical comedy, and obviously it fits for this time of year. Hopefully uh, Christmas won't run over Thanksgiving, because this sounds like a blast. It is a blast. It's written by um, an, a Native American playwright. Her name is Larissa Fasthorse. It recently ran a small run on Broadway um, during the spring and summer. Uh, we've got the rights to it. We've had them for a while. And we're putting up at the Maumee Theater. We open Friday, November 10th, 11th, and then 12th is a matinee. Friday and Saturday are 8 p.m., Saturdays at 3 p.m. And you're right. The way that she described it is it's a satire wrapped in a comedy. And the little difference is a satire, it's always a tongue-in-cheek, poking fun at myself. I know what I'm poking fun at. Hey, audience, I'm poking fun at this. But this one has a lot more sincerity built in with comedic aspects and some satire weaved in, woven in, weaved, woven. And the basic premise is it's illustrating absurdity by being absurd. And the basic premise is the teacher of an elementary school drama department and a couple of colleagues want to put on a, 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 a Thanksgiving play based on historical accuracy while being somewhat politically correct and sensitive to all of the diversification that's going on. So the struggle is they bend themselves in pretzels by overcompensating and being aware and woke to everybody else and they find themselves in this miasma of issues and problems and contradictions and realizations and that's where that's where the the funny happens it sounds like uh, like a, a lot of sitcoms, little SNL ish. Uh, I guess if I like slam together uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder with a little <laughs> bit of Hamilton, yeah. am I on the right path with a lot of that? You are. Um, you want to be in the room where it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the, there's a lot of that to it. And when I first read the play, it does feel like a traditional 1980s single camera half hour NBC comedy. It's got that feel to it. You have very specific characters you know who the character is the type they are 
but the dialogue and the interaction between them are just as comfortable as conversating like you and I are right now. They mm-hmm. know each other. They're comfortable in the conversation. So it's got a very conversational tone. And like a good play does, there's something identifiable in every of them that we can identify with. So sure. that's a really nice anchor for Who it. are some of the characters people can look towards and, and the actors as well? It's, please credit them. Sure. I'm absolutely. I'm happy to um, state that Kate Abuapsu, who is a, a fantastic Toledo area actress, she's been doing this for quite some time, is playing Logan, who is the director of this Thanksgiving play. Her colleague in the th- in that department is um, Tim McMahon, who's playing Jackson. Um, some of you may know Tim McMahon from his work on B-Can. Um, he's doing some great stuff there. He was also in Significant Other. Yeah, and I know, I know he does uh, improv with some of my friends as well. Yes, and he's you can, you can tell. It reads very nicely on stage. and it is, It's perfectly natural, and he has a tendency to crack us up on a regular basis. Good. Um, we also have Jim Pinkelman, and Jim is the director of all of the plays that are conducted at Toledo Christian School. He's playing somewhat of the academic authority on and the, and kind of like the playwright in this in this play. Um, his name, the, his character's name is Caden, and then playing Alicia is Angiovanna Gresco. We call her Angie. She's a local actress and model, and she has got some of the most deft comedy chops. Her subtlety, her funny is in her subtlety, her reactions, it's so sincere and warm and pure. I am, again, like I was with a significant other, I, I have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the cast. I make my job very, very easy. Do you connect mostly to Logan? Wow, that's a really, really good <laughs> question. I, I see, like I said, we see something in all of the characters. Logan... Um, it, it and we kind of place it in a local region, so we we have references to local schools, and it just to kind of freshen it up a little bit. Um, Logan is tried her chops out in Los Angeles at one time, as did I. Um, the Alicia character worked in Los Angeles for a while, as did I. I've done some script writing, like Caden has, so I understand that. The only one that I really don't identify with as deeply is the character Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 got an inner conflict that's really fascinating because he and the Logan character are in a relationship, but they're in a very respectful, non-gender binding type of overly defined relationship. But he's got this masculine side that he just can't he just can't help. It, it just comes out. So which one is the true person? Which one is the affected? person. So that's kind of an interesting thing that Tim is having a great time playing with. Um, what drew you to this other than this sounds pretty hysterical and obviously maybe some some lessons to be taken from it. What drew you to wanting to put this on? Well, I, and I, I failed to mention this is being produced by Actors Collaborative Toledo, ACT. Um, I'm a board member for ACT and I've done some shows with them in the past and I was simply asked to direct it. I read it. I'm like, yes, please. What, what, when did you know that you wanted to put this on? What, what, about uh, 10 pages through. Was there a line or a character that struck you and said, we're doing this? There was an interaction between the Jackson character and the Logan character. And then when the Alicia character comes in, she is a very talented, very beautiful, very aesthetically pleasing character that's just running juxtaposition to what they're trying to overcome or trying to, you know, achieve in not making things 
defined by femininity, defined by masculinity, defined by whiteness or Native Americanness. And it was that multiple layered contradiction that I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to do this. Is is it the common situation of there are people who are trying to be thoughtful and they're they're good human beings and they don't want to be insensitive in any way and they truly mean all those things but they're being they're walking on such eggshells because of what they're putting themselves through they're actually making it uncomfortable i have nothing to add to that <laughs> okay so my short answer is yes right right i, I get it yes. sometimes because and this is obviously a, a weird time to throw this out there but i do it so candidly at other times i'm jewish and living in this community where there are very few Jewish people, um, I have come across people and they're like, I've never met a Jewish person before. I'm like, did you expect me to like break out in song or get put up on a chair? I'm like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like you. I had a bar mitzvah though. But so I've been in those situations like some of my friends who are minorities are and they're like, just be yourself. There's a lot of that in there. And that's going back to the the. the pretzel twisting that's happening. If you've ever been in a conversation with two or three different people and they're trying to just make sure that they they are being sensitive to every possible, it's 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 an awareness, not a wokeness. I think wokeness yeah. is getting a bad connotation. Sure. But with your with your group of friends and a highly diversified um, social occasion or whatever it may be, and you're 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 making sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's to be sensitive and aware to those, and then yes, you go through this whole. Oh, what about this? That's true. Oh, but wait, but what about them? Oh, shoot. So we can't say that in front of them because then they'll, but okay, so we can do that. Yes, but what about the other guy? Oh, shoot, the other guy. <laughs> so it's just kind of like the cyclical thing that happens. They find themselves just, and then the resolution is the payoff. The resolution, I'm not going to share what, it just makes sense. Of course, that's the only thing we can do with this script at this school in this time when we're all so sensitive to being diversely aware, which I think is a good thing on, on, on the surface. Being being thoughtful. Being thoughtful, being, yes, being kind, being considerate, all of those things. Yeah. But the hyper-politicization of it all is what's making it so cumbersome and so confusing to work around, and they wrap it around it a lot of times in the show. It sounds really intellectual for something that there will likely be a lot of laughs at. Uh, give me the dates I hope again. so. <laughs> That's on you, then. Um, give me the dates again, and Mommy Indoor, and any, and any more uh, need-to-knows. Um, Mommy Indoor Theater opens Friday, November 10th, at 8 p.m., second show is Saturday, November 11th at 8 p.m. Third show is Sunday, November 12th at 3 p.m. And this show, in addition to be named at the Thanksgiving play taking place in November and the autumn, we have partnered with um, Equality Toledo Community Food Pantry. Equality Toledo Community Pantry. And we're but proceeds of the ticket sales are going to benefit that wonderful organization. And we're also doing a um, non-perishable food personal hygiene drive. So when you come to the show, in addition to a portion of your ticket going to that organization, feel free to bring some non-perishables and some personal hygiene products. It's a wonderful combination between the two. Excellent. Yeah. How did that partnership come about? Did they approach you or vice versa? Or tell me a little bit more about... ACT, Actors Collaborative? The, this idea actually came from during a board meeting from Actors Collaborative Toledo. We were kind of like trying to find a tie-in and trying to find a, 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 a holiday-like theme. And Jeff Albright, who's the president and one of the co-founders of Actors Collaborative Toledo, has a relationship with some of the people that run the community pantry. So that was just a logical connection. Um, and it's it's going to hopefully it's going to be very beneficial and very rewarding to them. And... 
we we have a lot of Halloween things, and then we we kind of in some ways skip Thanksgiving, at least to the degree of Halloween and Christmas. Maybe it gets overlooked a little bit because Christmas starts early and earlier, and it's such a we know what it is. Um, so this struck me as something to kind of put on the calendars to look forward to, something to celebrate, acknowledge Thanksgiving, other than football and turkey and whatever, and then parades. Yes. There's not a lot out there in the world of entertainment, musicals, performances when it comes to Thanksgiving, right? Uh, it's outside of the Christmas Carol, which again, the Toledo yeah. Rep is going to do this year. There really aren't very many holiday-specific plotted plays um, to my straight plays. There are some musicals that have a holiday built into them. Um, I think some of the Neil Simons, there's one that has the Thanksgiving built into it. But otherwise, no. Especially a contemporary one that's reflecting on the current political and diversity climate that we're experiencing here in, in this country. And it, it's one of the reasons why um, Larissa Fast Horse wrote the play. Um, she wrote it. She, she actually kind of became a playwright by accident. Um, she was trying to look for opportunities for Native Americans to play themselves, to play Native Americans, as opposed to having to cast outside of that culture for a Native American or increase the number of Native American roles that really good, high-quality Native American actors could get into. She wasn't finding anything, so she's like, well, I'll write some. And right. she started writing them, and she's really she's got a wonderful ear. She has, she has um, a, just a wonderful sense of on how to make it relatable and, um, and, and in this particular case, funny and memorable. It's got to be just coincidence uh, with all things, the, the stars or the or the wishbones of the turkey lining up. I wonder if there will be a little <laughs> bit more. That was a terrible joke. Did, You're the writer you, you wrote it down. You can cross it <laughs> off now. That's, that's perfect. Um, I wonder if there will be any more interest, even if it's just slightly, a couple people, because of the tone and what this is about, and then the current Martin Scorsese movie, which yep. also focuses on mm -hmm. Native Americans and, and murders of them. Um, it's always a big deal when there's a Scorsese movie and, and DiCaprio is involved. So I wonder if a few more people will perk their ears up knowing that they can go see this. Um, they can, especially if they want it looked at it from the lighter side. Um, there are some historical references that are made about which is the true Thanks, first Thanksgiving dinner in North America. Um, there's an allusion to to Columbus and that controversy. Um, there's an allusion to some of the terrible ways that we treated Native Americans over the years. But again, it's not a heavy lift. It's it's part of the awareness and the insightfulness that she provides. Um, but it's still funny. It's done in a very comedic way. But it's one of those. It's one of those comedies where you will laugh and think, and I I know that sounds like incredible director speak right there, but it is one of those plays where you will laugh and think at the same time. Yeah, it sounds like the, like the type of comedians that I, I am, um, I'm drawn to these days, um, I, and I'm not much of a, a comic person, um, but I've actually come to like Dave Chappelle a lot more recently as the times have struck him in a different way, and we've all gotten a little bit older and wiser, and I like how he has wrapped his messages, whether you're for them, against them uh, uh, in, in in comedy um and it sounds like don't go to this if uh you might be easily offended but if you want to learn and laugh and open your mind a little bit yeah and and there there might be a very mild but you would have to be highly 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 sensitive 
to be offended by anything that's happened. It, it's again, it's done. It's done with a sense of tenderness to it. But I agree with you with, with Chappelle. You know, he's an equal opportunity roaster, yeah. and and this this does have that sense to it. You know, they they equally roast whiteness. They equally roast masculinity. They roast certain things that the Native Americans did, the Spanish did, the Italian. They they they're an equal opportunity roaster within within the context of the play. And you're right. I think Chappelle and now Bill Maher is kind of like realizing some of the um, sins of both sides as opposed to only focusing on one. So I think that's refreshing and yeah. I think it's necessary and I think it's I think it's there's a fairness to it. We might have learned or listened a lot more in history when we were younger if some of our teachers were a little bit funnier rapping history and jokes a little bit. Not that you always can, but yes. the point point is driven. Are there any like uh, uh lions jokes for Thanksgiving Day football? There aren't uh there is there's I, I suppose I can don't hate me for for this is not a spoil. Um, there is a mention about football and the Chiefs. Okay. As Fair. in the football team Chiefs. Understood. Talking about a Native American play. So sure. There's a it's a real quick, um, but it's 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 actually a, a plot it's a plot point. So yes, there's something there. And I'm not asking for any spoilers, but now considering the uh, the moments we're living in, you're going to have to write a Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey joke into that. I can't write into a play <laughs> that already exists. Fair enough. That's okay. per- that's intellectual property. Let me get in some some nuts and bolts with that. Like you are a director, correct? A producer. Um, I'm a director um, and an actor, and I have some production um, experience. Uh, I also design some of the artwork and some of the videos that are being posted online. So I got my fingers on a lot of different things. This is like performance, uh, performing one-on-one. I saw that uh, Louis Vasterhorst, this uh, first went, I think, off-Broadway in 2018. Mm-hmm. We've all heard that. Mm-hmm. What the heck does that mean? Other than, is it literal? Um, off-Broadway is a segment of the, 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 the theatrical culture in New York City. Um, in some instances, they, they workshop new plays, uh, and they do that off-Broadway. Or off off Broadway or off 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 Broadway. So you could go from um, a basement setting with with twenty folding chairs, and you're workshopping a piece. What works? What doesn't work? Keep this. Take this out. Develop that. Where's this character? Is that character necessary? All of those steps, and then it can ultimately graduate to larger audience, a more honed, tight, polished production, all the way up to one of the Broadway theater houses. But there's so much value. See, a lot of actors. A lot of actors that that, that 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 are recognizable, they especially stage actors, they really like to hone and polish and and work their craft off off Broadway because that's where they get into the guts of it. You get into the workshopping of it. You get in all of the 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 the, the, the um the, the 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 primordial ooze of it all, and then ultimately you can polish it and make it presentable for to a Broadway use audience. Chappelle and maybe some other comedians. Again, this is not my my expertise. I was thinking of like going minor league baseball to major league baseball, where you hone your skills and there's there's more tension and and there's more importance and obviously more money. But like the Chappelles and I think others don't these types. Before they set out on a tour, they'll walk into these side clubs in LA or their hometowns to do just that mm-hmm, and workshop mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. because everything is just so laid back and chill. I actually witnessed that one time with George Carlin. Um, but it was at a Vegas club and he came out and he had like a, a notepad and he said, Thank you for coming. I hope you have a good time. I do want to tell you that I am going to test some jokes that I've written recently written. And we're like, 
let us be your You're lab, George, George, Car- George, George Carlin. <laughs> Do whatever you want. So that does happen. They have to test it in front of live humans of so they can know what's funny, what lands, what doesn't land, what sounds odd, and they'll get feedback from it. Yeah. So I've experienced that with, with Carlin some 20 years ago. How can people who have an interest in in what you've done, uh, I, know, I know I asked you this before, but now in a different setting in times past, um, what do you suggest to people who want to get involved in this stuff and the challenges that they're going to face and the best advice you can give them other than maybe run for your life and expect not to make a lot of money for a while? From from what perspective? From just starting from zero on up? I, or at I'm a- listening to Joe right now, and this is something that <clears throat> I am interested in. What's my... I already do some of this stuff in school a little bit. I hear you talk about Tim, and I know he's on TV. What's a step I can take to get involved with this rather than just jumping out to working in a coffee shop in LA? There's a couple of things that you can do to get started. First of all, is audition, audition, then audition and audition. Accept whatever role that you get. Don't expect to be the lead right away when you've never done a play before. Or maybe you just might happen to be that talented, which that works out. Audition, audition, audition. Watch the process. Network. Get online. Follow the Toledo Rep on Facebook. Follow ACT on Facebook. Follow the Village Players, Genoa, Black Swamp Theater, all of the local community, Oregon. Follow those pages. See when the audition announces are going. Read the plays. Even if you just read Wikipedia to get an idea of what the plot and the characters are, when you go to audition, you have an idea of what that dialogue might be like. Accept any role at any time. And then take classes or reach out to somebody to, to see if there's um, an area that you want to work on or improve. Identify yourself. What type of care? Look in the mirror. What type of character do you think you represent? Are you a leading actor? Are you uh, supporting? Are you a character? Are you an ingenue? And look at those types of characters and then expect to get those types of roles. And then just continue to audition and network and, 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 and hone your skill. The other thing that you can do that helps for auditions is practice your cold reading. So... You can practice your cold reading by picking up any magazine or any any book that's laying nearby and just take maybe 10 minutes and pick it up, open up a paragraph that you're seeing and just get used to reading a few words, capturing some in your brain and then giving and making eye contact with whomever you're doing your audition scene with. The more you practice cold reading, the more you'll connect with the person that you're auditioning with and the higher of an impact and impression you'll make on those that are directing you. So cold read, 10 minutes a day, pick up any book nearby, grab a paragraph, and just get used to scanning and then looking up at somebody and looking down, grabbing some words, looking up again, over and over again. You have to practice that and dedicate yourself to it. The other thing is get a familiarity with what stagecraft is. What does it mean? Upstage, downstage, stage left, stage right, house left, house right. What's the difference between a, a, the different types of stages, the movements? What does it mean when to open up your body so the audience can see it as opposed to closing off so we're only seeing? Look and ask questions. If you hear a term during an audition or if you hear a term during rehearsal, ask the next question. What does that mean? How does that help? What does that do for me? So just be curious be patient, but your first step is getting, putting the phone down, driving over, and auditioning for a show. And you just ran off a list of places that would be happy to have you. Um, as I mentioned before, we hopped on. The guys from Film Toledo were here uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, man, I'm so happy for them. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. they're really taking off. And to see Toledo support them the way that they have, watch out for this town. There is a lot. Eric, you and I talked about it before. There is a lot of raw pure, transferable talent in this city. Yeah. A lot. Uh, another quick question before we wrap up. Uh, if somebody maybe has a, a liking for the industry, but they're like, 
I don't think I can do the on stage part. There are other things that people can, can sure. do to be involved in performing arts, right? Uh, and, uh, and so many. Um, if you're talking about stage and in a live theater, do you want to volunteer for the crew? Do you want to investigate directing? Do you want to look at um, stage managing, running lights? Those type we actors appreciate those roles. It is a family. It is a crew. It is a unit. Is it an ensemble? It's not just those that are on the stage. So many different. Are you interested in costumes? Are you interested in props? Are you interested in volunteering in a theater and run concessions, box office? Those types of things. There's unlimited opportunities for that. If you want to get into film and television, you might want to see if you haven't um, get an agent or looking to get an agent and you can Google local agents. There's agencies in Toledo, Detroit, Cleveland, Columbus, Pittsburgh. There's a lot of agencies looking for fresh faces and then take classes, ask them how to take classes. What's the difference between a type of headshot? You have your commercial headshot where you should be smiling and selling a product. And then you have your theatrical headshot where it might be more serious, more character or more um, just you. You could have a smiling one, you could have a serious one. There's a difference between that. Find out what the difference is between a commercial agent and a theatrical agent. And by theater, I mean TV, film and stage. They're all the same. What's the difference between a manager and an agent? What's the rate? So ask those questions and then go down those paths and investigate and read and study and be, and be curious about it. Um, then understand things that you're going to do if you're going to be an actor or actress in front of the camera, not necessarily on stage. It's a different discipline. On stage, you have to be big and broad. You have to be able to project your voice. You have to be able to be more expressive and your body is more involved. When you're in film, it's a close-up, man. It's yeah. it's it's chest up. And the best lesson I learned out when I was in L.A., I was taking a, an acting for camera class. And I got done. I was excited. I'm going to act. I'm going to act, act, and act, and then act, and act. And I started. And the instructor, I don't know if some of your listeners might remember, there used to be back in the 70s a Saturday morning show called Mighty Isis. He was one of the stars of the Mighty Isis. His name is Brian Cutler. He's, he's fantastic. Anyway, he said, stop. Joe. I've seen you on stage. I know you can act. Here's what you have to remember. You're now in front of the camera. If you shoot a film and you're being projected on a 50 foot wide by 30 foot tall screen, your eyebrows are now seven feet long. Completely changed it. The stillness, the quietness, the simplicity of what you're doing versus what you have to do in completely different discipline. I get it because uh, I have the opportunity to be up on stage or uh, just to, I have to learn when I'm in a classroom sometimes. Oh, it's not a big audience. We're just going to sit here and chill. I appreciated when Mike and Charles were here talking about how them, much they loved Anthony Hopkins because he acted so well with his eyes. And I've, I've <clears throat> kept that as I've yeah. been watching things in the last handful of weeks, the the eye movements, the subtleties that I would never notice before. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for dropping all this knowledge. The Thanksgiving play, Mommy Indoor, coming up. Uh, dates again November 10th, correct? Friday, November 10th, 8 o'clock. Saturday, November 11th, 8 o'clock. Sunday, November 12th. Three o'clock, helping the Equality Toledo Community Pantry. Thank you for your time, Eric. I appreciate it. Again. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All done.